and welcome back to our podcast, School Buzz. Today we're going to talk about a very scary subject since we're so close to Halloween. Um, cybersecurity, because it's Cybersecurity Month. Wonderful IT director, Brandon Weber. So give us a little bio about yourself, Brandon. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, I am married to my wonderful wife. I have a daughter and a son, two kids, uh, two cats, a dog and a fish uh, in our household. Um, I always love computers. Uh, I put my first computer together when I was uh, eight years old and have been just kind of plugging along and playing with them ever since. Uh, love watching soccer, uh, English Premier League or international. And I've been in the district for almost almost a decade or so. Yeah, so. a long time. So here's the important question. Do you dress as a family for Halloween or do you all have separate costumes? Okay, so uh, what we do is we split our time for the kids. Yeah. So I am on theme with my son this year and my daughter is on theme with my daughter. Or with my wife is on theme with my daughter. <laughs> so what's what are the costumes? So uh, they're going, my wife and daughter are going as Harry Potter characters, okay. and me and my son are going as Pokemon characters. So Very good. My daughter has insisted that we all have a theme from um, Alice in Wonderland. So I had to think of something because I couldn't be the rabbit, I couldn't be Alice. They were all, <laughs> all the good things were taken, so I'm a rose being painted. Pairs right, me a painter, right. I'm going to be a rose. So. Nice, that nice. Works. And it's easy. So, cybersecurity. What is the number one cybersecurity threat? It's kind of hard to just nail down like a, a singular kind of threat. Um, I think, you know, like one of the ones is definitely like phishing is like a pretty major one. Um, but the reason why it's, it's kind of hard to nail down like a single one is because they're all kind of like interrelated. So, you know, a lot of times you'll have like phishing. And it'll be kind of connected to, say, like logon theft. So they're trying to get your, you know, they're fishing for your credentials or something like that. And so then that can, you know, they can then reuse those credentials to, you know, do all sorts of things and even simply just fish other people that might trust you too. So there's kind of like that follow on components. Um, you know, another, you know, way that phishing can be used is it can just be used as simply a way to kind of deliver malware too. So there's, there's a really kind of like interconnected web of uh, <laughs> challenges out there uh, that we're looking at kind of mitigating. So when you talk about social engineering, what does that mean? So social engineering is pretty much uh, just taking what you may or may not know about someone or just how people work and trying to give them something that you want that, <laughs> that they necessarily don't really want to give up and stuff. And so there's... Um, there's a, uh, a hacker conference actually um, happens in Las Vegas every year and they actually have a competition where a social engineering competition where they will try to get, you know, a certain amount of points for as much information or data that you can get out of the company from just a simple phone call. Mm. And so then they have the these social engineers essentially will look up online, they'll check their LinkedIn, they'll Google, you know, the company and stuff like that, just to get an idea of the profile. And so what they'll do is they'll hop on with tech support or, or maybe some... Um, hop on with an assistant or something like that, try to connect with them and just try to get gather as much information as they can. You know, the idea is that this information can then be used to, you know, kind of like trick people in the organization, you know, further and stuff like that to give up credentials or access or do something. When I was in AXA president and I got 
an email from the treasurer said, um, it's okay to write this check for $3,000, right? I'm like, what? what are we talking about? And she goes, well, you sent me a text that said, I have to book the speaker right now, send me $3,000, but I'm in a conference, so don't call me. I'm like, no, 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 please, please don't write that check. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. a scam. Please don't do that. So that would be social engineering because they yeah. knew I was the president. They knew she was the treasurer. They knew we were looking for a speaker. Yeah, and it's especially hard nowadays with how much we're interconnected with social media and stuff like that. You know, like a big push that we have is that you get your name out there, you know, you, so people know who you are, you tell your story kind of type things. And so with that kind of social media push that people have and stuff like that, it, it ends up kind of like exposing, you know, us kind of like out there. And so we have to be, you know, as they say, stay frosty and just be really kind of like aware of uh, what information is out there, who's asking for it, and you know, looking at the details. And... Yeah. Okay, so what does the district do to protect itself from cyber attacks beyond me making everybody take that <laughs> cybersecurity <laughs> training? Whether hell or high water, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> so uh, some of the more uh, super exciting and totally nerdy things uh, that we do is we, we try to use uh, principles of what's called like role-based access controls. So that's kind of uh, follows the idea that like if you're, you know, a secretary, then you have access to all the things that you would need as a secretary. You know, if you're a principal, you have access to the things that you would need as a principal but kind of like no more and no less. And so the idea is that we try to give access only based on what your role kind of requires. And that what's kind of paired with that is the uh, concept also of uh, least privilege. So we try to give access to and only access to no more than, you know, kind of like what you need. Also, uh, we have EDR, which is an uh, acronym for Endpoint Detection and Response. It's essentially kind of like the modern antivirus now. You know, it can do a whole lot more than just kind of like the antivirus type things. Like it can actually see if there's some type of commands being, you know, kind of like uh, done on a device and stuff like that too. So it's, it's essentially kind of the, the step up from what was, you know, the old school antivirus, you know. McAfee AV no more. <laughs> and the other thing we kind of do is we've got some um, modern firewall configurations and controls as well. And so that kind of allows us to kind of keep an eye on just generally like what our traffic looks like and stuff like that and kind of uh, do some blocks here and there and, and check on traffic uh, that kind of goes in and out uh, of the organization. And then we also uh, have uh, multi-factor authentication for some of our uh, more targeted and privileged accounts as well. And so that's just to kind of help us ensure that the people who are sending the things or doing the things are the people who, you know, they claim to be. So those are all kind of expensive things. How could I protect myself at home? So at home, you know, you can use uh, an ad blocker. That's kind of uh, CISA has kind of in the last couple of years kind of added some parameters to kind of help. And so they, they actually even recommend using an ad blocker. That comes from some increasing usage of advertising for serving up actually malware. And so they call that's called a malvertising because there's got to have a cool name for yeah. everything. <laughs> um, but uh, so that's kind of becoming a, an increasingly um, 
big area of concern. So uh, an ad blocker is one. Uh, using a password manager is another one, and that's just kind of being able to manage all your passwords so you can create a unique password for every application and platform that you have. Uh, it's a lot better than using an Excel spreadsheet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the sticky note under your desk. Yeah. Um, My mom has a little booklet, so she writes it and then she crosses it out when she gets a new one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so a password manager is really good. And then kind of like paired with that is just the idea to, you know, of using like passphrases instead of like just like a password or something like that. Also, when you're talking about passwords, you know, is... Don't use kind of like any info um, that can be found out online, you know, like don't, you know, our, my, my dog's name is Scout, so yeah. <laughs> don't use Scout is a great dog, you know, like yeah. as your password. Um, so sorry, Scout. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just kind of things like that, just to kind of keep yourself in a position where it's not easy for someone to kind of like grab access. And if they do have access, it's, you know, limited to that one platform. You kind of reset that then too. And then the other thing you can look at doing is making sure that you, you know, use multi-factor authentication, you know, whenever possible as well. Well, and I know like a lot of the accounts that I have personally, my banking account, even my Walmart account, I have multi-factor. I don't even think they, most companies let you do it without multi-factor anymore, do they? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a becoming a really big push towards multi-factor because it's, so commonplace and kind of you know so easy for you to have your credentials stolen you know like so essentially your credentials are your you know your login your username and password and so yeah you're you're seeing uh, across the board uh, multi-factor authentication is like popping up everywhere because it's just like the easiest way to kind of like ensure that someone is who they say they are which means when we roll it out to everybody it should be a big deal right <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> so when I was looking at this um, topic online, I came across cyber hygiene. And so what does that mean when you're, you're practicing good cyber hygiene? So kind of like a lot of those components I talked about were kind of like generally um, some good cyber hygiene practices. So it's also kind of like making sure your devices are updated, uh, you know, using multi-factor, you know, whenever you can. Um, the other thing I'd kind of add to the multi-factor setup is just, Ensure that you kind of have at least two ways to validate with multi-factor if possible. Um, and always uh, have one of those ways as like an authenticator app whenever possible. Because sometimes, you know, authenticator app, it allows you to be, you know, if you're in a remote place where you're offline kind of, but you're trying to authenticate to an app, it kind of lets you do that. Whether or not you have the connectivity as well and mm. stuff. Um, and then there's just kind of general practices as well. Just understanding that, you know, if you're online or if, if your device is online, you know, you should probably consider that and limit how much you trust it. You know, if your if your refrigerator is online, um, you, you know, you got to kind of understand what that means. You know, like if you got an Alexa or if you got Siri and stuff like that, just kind of understanding, you know, how those things work a little bit, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're not just listening for their, you know, their phrase because how do they know that the trigger phrase, you know, is kind of coming along and stuff. Yeah. And so there's just kind of like some general like understanding of, you know, like how things works obviously helps. And I know that, you know, it's challenging for the, you know, greater populace at large because I don't understand why, but not everybody is super into computers like me. 
it's very confusing. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of like educating, I think, yourselves on kind of like how, you know, what, what your ecosystem looks like, you know, like how does Facebook work, you know, with its privacy settings? How does, you know, how does Google use your information and stuff like that? Just kind of like knowing what does that look like, I think is kind of some good practices. Well, as we get more and more things in our life that are connected online, the Internet of Things, the less privacy, the less, you know, and I don't even think we have privacy anymore. I think it's, it's completely gone. It's a, yeah, it's a myth. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you, like you said, the Alexa, you, you could be talking about, hey, I'd like to go see this concert. And then the next time you open your computer, there's tickets for this, you know. Mm -hmm. So everything's listening to you, even though you're, you think that it's not. Um, and if you just understand that, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, what we call in the, in the industry as uh, knowing your threat model. So. <laughs> so we hear a lot about AI. In fact, Biden just I don't know, signed some big thing about um, AI today. How do, how do criminals use AI to break down our defenses? One of the, you know, with, with phishing being such a big kind of like threat in general, um, one of the kind of older, and, and honestly, it wasn't a very good kind of piece of information, but I think we're just looking for, you know, we as the cybersecurity community, we're just looking for anything we could to kind of like help people out. But one of the things we were talking about was like, oh, hey, you know, if you have a, uh, you know, if a Nigerian prince is reaching out about, you know, some great opportunity, or if, you know, grammar is incorrect in this email, then that might be, you know, like an indicator of it being, you know, a malicious email. And that's not really the case anymore. Right, like there's, yeah. there's just, you know, now, uh, you know, bad actors can have impeccably convincing emails that are like relevant to your job and they can generate those on the fly now. Uh, so, you know, like they can really like craft something that's very compelling and stuff. So you, you have to really kind of look at the, you know, when it comes to fishing, you know, really looking at the, uh, the details of you know what is the link what is the attachment is it an attachment where is it coming from kind of like all those things uh that we said before but those um those kind of squishy things that we were hoping <laughs> you know would be kind of like indicators are just kind of out the door now and they get you know like yeah they get just in the same way you know you have those you know there's text messages that go out you know we've we've even seen uh, text messages impersonating, you know, the superintendent go out from other, you know, like cell phone uh, numbers and stuff like that. So there's just, um, it's really kind of helping them sound convincing and contextualize stuff that would be relevant to you in the same way advertisers do. Mm -hmm. Now, so those bad actors kind of have a little bit more tools in their belt to kind of do that. So is there any way that um, regular people can use AI to protect themselves? from cyber attacks or not really yet? I, I think it's, it's, it's harder for, you know, the, the common man uh -huh. uh, <laughs> to, uh, to really kind of leverage it. Where we do see it is in, so like firewalls, you know, our firewalls see it, you know, kind of in, in analysis and stuff like that. They can see trends that happen. So it's like, okay, if, you know, this type of activity tends to lead to this type of malicious domain kind of type thing. And so it can kind of classify you know traffic like that and so forth so it's a little bit more kind of on the technical side that we're seeing it um you know like we've been able to kind of like use chat gpt for just kind of like starting up some scripts and stuff like that and kind of getting some things going 
little bit uh, back and forth. It's not perfect either. So you still got to kind of like have a little bit, you got to bring some expertise to the table still and kind of really zero in on what you want to do, but it can kind of get things kicked off as well. You're so. not perfect yet. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's, you know, it, it's going to, it's getting there. I think, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, you hear about the AI and, you know, everyone, you know, tends to lean towards the Terminator view yeah. of uh, <laughs> AI and robots and stuff like that. And I think what we'll probably see near term is more of like um, the Star Trek computer type thing where, you know, they say, hey, computer, you know, tell me how far away we are. You know, hey, computer, <laughs> tell me how, you know, like damage report, you know, mm -hmm. kind of type things. And so I think like. The Star Trek computer is going to be a little bit more akin to what we're going to see kind of like near term versus full Skynet. I, I, use, Alexa, <laughs> I use Alexa for that already. Like, what's, what's the temperature outside? You know, all that, you know, just so easy to just, I think about my grandson just being able to talk to the air mm -hmm. and get an answer back like a wizard, you know, it's yeah. like, like a magical thing yeah. um, that he's just going to think is normal his whole life. Yeah, the yeah, definitely with you know with my little one too, seeing it kind of like how you know he'll you know telling Alexa jokes and stuff <laughs> like that, and it's just like it's it's definitely gonna it's a gonna be a very different environment than you know I grew up in, and the, you know like the generations we're we're seeing like a you know a very quick shift mm -hmm. with all this technology. It's really changing the landscape very quickly. And he, so he was outside. He's three, and he was outside the other day, and he's like asking Alexa something and he's like oh. like mama is is the Alexa outside and she goes no she's not outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want her to be everywhere <laughs> I don't know how but my my son's found out uh telling Alexa you're fired was hilarious no. <laughs> <laughs> so. something he learned in school <laughs> so if I'm at home and I get a virus on my own laptop or device what should I do so there's, you know, there's a lot of tools out there, you know, look for, you know, kind of some of the big name ones. There's like malware bytes and, and stuff like that. There's Norton, you know, kind of ones that are more consumer grade that you can look at for kind of keeping your devices clean. And, you, you know, if, if you're already, you know, post infection, you know, <laughs> it's always a little harder than uh, before it happens. Uh, you know, a stitch in time saves nine. <laughs> and... Um, so um, usually, you know, those can do a pretty decent job um, for anything that's like a consumer level for kind of getting any of those things cleaned up. And so just kind of making sure that, you know, the other thing, though, too, is making sure that you kind of have your, your critical data kind of backed up as well and stuff, making sure, you know, whatever you have that's going to be that you, you need to have access to and stuff. You have ways to, you know, to fail over to it if you need to, you know, like. You know, if we have a, like a little, you know, hard drive that's like our go, you know, part of our go bag in yeah. case, you know, the house <laughs> catches on fire or something like that. We got, you know, online uh, backups and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, most of my backup is like in the... I just make sure I, it's covered by MFA. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I backed up. Where I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I got to start backing up my computer and getting files off of it. And it's going to take me a long time to do all that. <laughs> You know, pictures. something we've, we've shifted to doing is just doing a lot of our work in the cloud, yeah. kind of like platforms and stuff like that. So it's kind of like just natively exists there. And, mm -hmm. stuff, so. and you can get any place you are, yeah, which makes yeah. it so much easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. That was 
spooky, a spooky uh, <laughs> podcast, but I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for having me.